Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello, world. Shelley Rose Shearer here, and welcome to the show. It has been an interesting week, and I'm not going to lie, I've been losing faith a little bit lately. I've sprinkled it amongst my uh, podcast, but haven't done one fully on the pain I'm living in right now. And it's amplifying every week, so it's actually crippling my life. My, uh, my husband and I are concerned that it could be something more than we thought it was because it just seems to be carrying on and there isn't much that relieves it for me. Um, yeah, not really just not sure what to do. So this morning was my coaching call who with my coach that keeps my uh, sort of uh, mindset on track. And then I opened up this book that was given to me over Christmas, the book of awakening. And it's like the 20th version of, of Mark Nepo's book. It is February guys. It is a new month in a new year. That's amazing. I don't even know where January went. It's crazy time. And what was the title? Live slow enough. I was like, Oh, once again. So I thanked my team and uh, thought, let's let's get talking, let's get chatting, because that's pretty much where I've been. The pain is, I can't sit for any period of time and standing for more than a day or two then at my computer, I've got one of those cool desks that lift up, uh, is, has, has not been manageable either. It's put me in, in terrible, terrible pain. And the drugs that I have so far, although I'm a very holistic person, you need to know that about me, I handle things as naturally as possible, and I'm willing to take the drugs. Like that's how bad it's gotten. And right now they've got me on gabapentin and tramadol. It helps a wee bit in the afternoon and going into the evening when I finally just need to lay down or, or you know, on the couch or whatever with my husband. Gotta tell you, not much life is happening after my workday is done, which also is very frustrating for me. I'm used to being very high functioning. And even, you know, with my eight years of fibromyalgia, I found ways to get better every year over year and, and manage my symptoms and manage my disease and be high functioning regardless. This is throwing me for a loop. We believe there could be a labral tear in my right hip, that it's not just all arthritis. The x-rays came back with still moderate to mild arthritis, so that really hasn't changed much in the last few years. However, an MRI is what we're looking for now because the pain is so severe, there's got to be soft tissue. And through an ultrasound, we discovered there was a sac of fluid on the hip. Usually that's hiding and protecting something that's damaged, but we won't know until we know. Uh, but I like knowing. <laughs> Reason being is the orthopedic surgeon is just threw his hands in the air and said, can't help you, you're 55. And every time I see him, he's always saying, you're 55, Shelley, this is to be expected. What he didn't explain to me that my GP explained was that he was done because he won't do surgery and they don't do surgery. Reason being is this, and I didn't realize that because I'd done some research, of course, 
and orthopedic uh, orthoscopic surgery on a labral tear is very common. They either go in and cut away the debris or they sew it back up. They do not do this on middle-aged to aging patients because the intrusion will amplify the arthritis and make you worse than you were before. They do that operation on people in their 30s that are athletic and have a very active life to buy them time. It's like, oh, all right, well, he could have explained that. Instead, he sort of just wrote me off, annoyed the heck out of me, because his attitude was, well, I'm not going to send you for an MRI because it doesn't matter what it tells us, there's nothing we can do. And I'm like... Okay, right out of the gate, you don't ever tell me there's nothing you can do. There is always something you can do. But my GP explained it a little better. She said in his purview, in his area of expertise, he can't help you because he's not going to cut you open. Oh, all right. I said, great. I still need to know what's wrong with me because I need a baseline so we can track if it's getting worse over the years. I also need to know what's wrong so I can go now to my healers, alternatives, therapists, physical therapists even, my kinesiologist, my acupuncturist, my chiropractor, and protect, uh, potentially even some energy healing to say, hey, we know that this is what's going on. We need to now work on this area. I have been actually aggravating the hip with my yoga with a couple of moves, believe it or not, because I didn't know that there was fluid there or the potential of a tear. I just kept stretching out that groin muscle to ensure that my lower back didn't get locked up, this sort of thing. So it kind of goes on and on. I don't walk properly. I don't can't stride fully. My right leg will not go back far enough to take a full step. So I'm compensating. Now the other side of my body's aching and my, I've got nerve pain in my right knee. This all just keeps amplifying and amplifying. And I got to say, all it takes, and I know this seems really strange, but we all have our line. All it takes is me watching the news once and I'm depressed <laughs> because I got enough going on. So don't tell me you're locking me down for another month and I can't see my granddaughter for the fourth month in a row. I don't want to hear it. I just don't want to hear it. But this is the reality that we're living in. Unfortunately, I had to go in uh, to the dentist yesterday and do a little more dental surgery. Um, so just a little bit sore today, which is why I had to put off an interview, actually. I felt so bad. Do you know what it's like when, you know, there's one person that you feel that you've misplaced a few times and then you finally get your schedule under control and the new calendar forgets my dental surgery and books him in today for for a for a interview and I had to go back to him saying Michael I'm so sorry <laughs> I need to move you one more time I've moved him like four times in the past year so I had to eat a little crow and I, I felt a little embarrassed but then I realized you know what there's nothing I can do in this situation but just fess up ask for forgiveness and reschedule end of story and moving on one of the things that I'm really struggling with is slowing down. And one of the things that they mention in, in today's sort of, I guess, what would we call this? Today's meditation, words of wisdom. Follow anything in its act of being, a snowflake falling, ice melting, a loved one waking, and we are ushered for the ongoing moment of the beginning, the quiet instant from which each breath starts. What makes this moment so crucial is that it continually releases the freshness of living. The key to finding this moment and all its freshness again and again is in slowing down. 
and I am the queen or have been for a very large part of my life of the multitasking A-type personality. I am just grateful this pandemic, quote unquote, didn't happen 10 years ago. I would have lost my mind. As it turns out, I've spent the past decade slowing down and dealing with a disease that slowed me down. So I'm in very different mindset and place right now. But regardless of everything I've learned, I'm still getting frustrated. And something my coach said to me, and I know this also almost sounds counterintuitive, is I need to accept the pain because there's a lesson here. Right now I'm fighting it, fighting it basically with everything I've got. And let me just see if I can, sorry, it's going to make a noise on my desk. I apologize for that. Pain isn't my enemy. It's my lesson. And not wanting the pain is increasing the pain. And he does have a point there. May not really make a lot of sense right now, but just think about it. Whoops. Sorry, guys. Um, because of my pain, I'm not sitting in, at my desk in my normal place with my microphone, so I'm sorry. It's picking up every bit of back no, back, background noise on me today because uh, I'm sitting in my chair, which I don't normally do. The wish, the, uh, what's the, the quest of being pain-free is absorbing my life. And although, kind of like, you know, I've talked a lot about my family, my mom, my relationship with her, how, you know, it's quite dysfunctional and it's never been healthy. But in the last few years, we have finally had a friendship because her mind is going. That is a sad thing. And my dad has now passed away. And her mind is actually going faster than my dad's did. But she's physically still all there. She's very healthy. And it's, it's actually, it's kind of sad to watch because I don't know what we're going to do because she's going to be very frustrated and, and, and she's starting to lash out a little bit. But she's still cognitive that she's aware that her memory's, uh, memory's dying. But I've just been so grateful for having the relationship. So I've really stayed in that feeling and in that lesson to say, this is my lesson. This is my time to show grace. This is my ability to say, you know what, regardless of the pain and the drama and trauma of my childhood as an adult, it's my job to heal it. And as the functioning adult now in this relationship, it is my job to show grace to her. And that has been really for me, life affirming and life changing. It has affected so many other areas of my life and even allowed me to be a little more help in my own family where I have been ostracized often before. That calmness is actually showing through and has been able to help and diffuse a few situations. And I'm so grateful for that, for that change of my mind. And something they talk about here, uh, like the earth that carries us, the ground of our being moves so slowly that we take it for granted. But if you should feel stalled, numb, or exhausted from the trials of your life, simply slow your thoughts to the pace of cracks widening, slow your heart to the pace of the earth soaking up rain, and wait for the freshness of the beginning to greet you. Isn't that just wonderfully put? I just, I just, it really appealed to me today. I'm, after I do this podcast, I, it's a sunny day here finally. We've just had nothing but rain for five days straight. And that makes it very hard when you've got a border collie puppy that's going squirrely in the house and, and going, I need to go out. Plus, I've had three days of really bad pain where, and then of course, dental yesterday and being kind of out of it on drugs. And my husband, bless his heart, is just not the most active person. So he comes home tired and he just wants to watch TV and it's my dog. So it's like, okay, we, we got we to gotta work with this. 
this animal needs love and attention, uh, playtime, uh, and she needs to be exercised or she's going to destroy my house. That's just border collie mentality. They, they need to work. They need to exercise and they need a job. So yes, her job is definitely me. Guarding me and following me everywhere is Pepper's job, apparently. And it was kind of something my girlfriend, Birta, made clear for me. She's got an Australian shepherd and a little Aussie shepherd. And just Luna's just lovely. And uh, she was saying, Luna's job, I'm Luna's job. Like, they, they've got to have a job in the family. And that's, you've just got to figure it out and give it to them. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I find animals, at least mine, anyone, any animal I've seemed to have attracted into my life, are quite intuitive. And like my last dog... Kaya, this one as well can sense when something's wrong, when someone's hurting another dog, another person. Uh, and it's very interesting. So she tends to, when I am really bad, she does tend to calm down. And in fact, for a full day last week, when I was literally in bed, she sat at the end of the bed and just stayed with me. She didn't go squirrely. She didn't chew everything in the house. She went out for her bathroom breaks and, um, and was content then the next day, she's like, okay, enough of that, mom. Let's get up. I got to go. <laughs> so she she gave me that day. Well, that's actually quite unusual for her. She's just turned seven months. And for her breed, that is, is quite unusual. And I'm grateful for it. But we still need to keep moving on with our lives with the acceptance of slowing down. Now, for me to just do a podcast after my coaching session and then take the dog for a walk in the middle of a work day at 1230, that's honestly unheard of for me. I am struggling with accepting this, but that has really been literally like my homework this past few months since I took Christmas off and then coming back saying, okay, what can I get done today? I have cleaned so much stuff off my desk, out of my life, out of my work life, distraction, shiny objects, squirrel. Um, I'm a bad one for the squirrel mentality. You just asked my husband on that one. <laughs> And trying to take time for the people in my life, trying to take time once a week, just you know, keep the bills paid, stay on top of what needs to get stayed on top of so I'm not stressing. And then saying, okay, well, this is it. Content and giving back and helping. That's my lessons are being learned through this slowing down of me and my pain. So what is the lesson? Well, one of the things I really uh, have taken to heart is more speaking out loud. I know that seems really strange. I, I grew up with prayer. It's always in my head. What I'm doing now is when I was reading uh, Maureen St. Germain's, and uh, hopefully she'll be a guest on the show here soon. She's, I just cannot wait to have her on here for you guys. Be prepared for an hour-long podcast, I'm pretty sure, with that one, or a two-parter or something, because I cannot wait to chat with that woman and her wisdom. And she's the one that wrote Waking Up in 5D and talks a lot about things, something called the Akashic Records. And she gives a very different spin, although very inclusive of religion, still with a much broader aspect of spirituality. And she talks a lot about say it out loud. Don't just, don't just say it in your head. Speak to your guides. Your, I always call them my team. It's been a term, anybody in my life knows that, you know, your angels, whatever you want to call it, the universe, your support network. We're energetic beings having a physical experience. You've, if you can just accept that, then it's very easy to accept the next thing that there's other energy out there waiting to happen. It's where the law of attraction comes from and that sort of thing. And I have taken to speaking out loud 
when I'm either in my meditation or prayer. And I got to say, I like it. I like the results. Today, I'm actually having a pain management day. I am doing better than I've done in days. And I asked for that last night. I, I asked for it out loud. Your energetic helpers, angels, whatever, they're not physical guys. Maybe we need to accept that they don't understand what we're going through all the time unless we ask or tell them and say, I need you to kind of ease up on the pain right now. I know I'm, I'm in it. I need to deal with it. Maybe you're in pain because your body's trying to give you a message like, please go to the doctor and get this looked after. There's something wrong. You need to change something in your life. Doesn't always have to be physical. Sometimes it might be something emotional or mental. Go get it cleared. Get the blocks removed. There are so many modalities out there that can help from acupuncture to Dr. Bradley's um, uh, energy clearing where he believes we block emotions in our bodies and that causes pain. I can certainly attest to that last summer when I had that felt like a knife wound in my back. I was holding on to stuff. I've noticed it as well when I've gone for acupuncture or had to have prolo injection into a very traumatic spot on my back, I will burst into tears crying. And here's my natural path, just patting my back gently, you know, letting me cry it out. It's because it's releasing. Emotions are energetic and our bodies are energetic. So it kind of all goes together. There are lots of ways to release a lot of this stuff. Stand in the question. I've been doing that a lot lately. Just, okay, team, what's the deal here? You know, what's the lesson to be learned? Um, I'm struggling actually with my mom because she's reverting now that her memory's getting worse. She's kind of getting a little snotty and she's lashing out at my sister and I, and my sister's really struggling with that because she's not used to it. I am, uh, but I'm don't, not enjoying having it back after two or three years of it not being around. And there's some decisions that have to be made in her estate and she's just not working with us. And it's like, oh my goodness. So again, I come home and let it go, but stand in the question, what is the lesson? How do I show grace in this situation and what is it that I have to learn? I put a post on the Instagram page the other day that said, our families have the ability to, something along, along these lines, hurt us the most because they're the ones that were sent here with us to teach us the lessons. Isn't that an interesting way of looking at it? Instead of looking at the people around you that hurt you and saying, why are these people in my life? Like, what did I do to attract this? Maybe look at it as a, uh, turn it around and say, I chose these people to start with because I had lessons to learn in this life. If you're still getting hurt and reacting to it, you haven't learned the lesson. So my line in that Facebook or Instagram post was learn the lesson, let it go and move on. Now, it doesn't make the lesson learning really any less uncomfortable. It just when you're open, one, you react less. Like I don't spend days like dwelling on this stuff anymore. Even if it does upset me, it's 24 hours. I, I let the emotions run through me and I let it go. But standing in the question means you can learn the lesson to stop the reaction next time or to handle the situation better next time, okay? I grew up with parents that truly didn't want to learn anything new. That whole generation actually is a little bit stuck sometimes, I've noticed. Even though they are the generation of thinkers and doers that created the internet and computers and, 
you know, these, I have to laugh when kids look at us and just think us all old. And I'm thinking everything that you have in your life, my generation created. So get off your high horse. Okay. But at the same token, they're also a generation that's very stuck in their way of thinking. Also very religious generation. You know, it doesn't all have to be the same religion, but still very religious. And that when you rely so much on religion instead of faith, you get caught up in doctrine and that gets very black and white. And often we can forget to let go and let God, which even Christians were taught, let go and let God, but we're not really letting go. <laughs> we really want to be right, which is why the world is fighting so much right now about masks and, you know, vaccines and what's going to happen next because everybody just wants so desperately to be right and to be righteous about themselves being right. But if you let it go and stand in the question and in the experience, in my case, in my pain, in the relationships with those closest to you that could be hurting you, ask the question, one, why am I reacting this way? Two, what is the lesson here? And three, how can you alchemize it and move on? We don't want to hold on to this kind of stuff. We want to let it go. And something else I posted this week, it's okay not to know the answers. One of the most freeing things in my life 20 years ago was I, by the time I hit my mid-30s, I accepted that I didn't know everything. I finally just, because I was a bit of a know-it-all, very black and white, how I was raised, uh, and especially because I only got approval from my parents when I did things their way. So therefore I accepted their way was right. Uh, I had, it was like, you, you have to, you almost have to subconsciously make it all fit in order to live with yourself. Well, the second you start questioning it, you're going to step out of those molds. Very uncomfortable place to be. But it's such a place of light and learning, guys. And accepting that we don't know and don't necessarily have to know. That is a huge step, huge, ginormous, <laughs> okay? Where do you need to let go? Where do you need to slow down? Where do you need to ask your team for some help? So last night when I was doing, I said, team, I'm struggling now. I even, I even sat down with my husband and said, babe, how are you doing? Because you're not talking. This has got to be a struggle on you. And he says, yeah, it is. He struggles seeing me in this kind of pain. He says, it's very uncomfortable for me. But he also struggles seeing how our lifestyle is changing. And he worries that, that, I'm, that we won't have a future that we thought we would have traveling. And, and I realize all of that's closed down right now. But later, you know, he looks at me and goes, you could be in a wheelchair. I'm like, no, no, we're not getting in a wheelchair. Uh, and I can't disagree with him. I'm a little scared. And we talked. I said, what if it's something else? What if I am sick with something? And he's like, we're not going there till we've had some blood tests and you've talked to the doctor. Just don't go there. We're not going to go there. And I says, great. He's such a huge support in that area of my life. So for those of you that know that my husband um, isn't perfect, you know, he's, he's not the healthiest of people and he probably drinks a fair bit too much. And I talk about that quite often. Uh, he is still what I need in my life. And he supports me in so many ways. And it's times like this and like that where he just says the right thing. We've got this. He's always, honey, we've got this. It's a team effort. Clearly, I made a decision that and chose him for those reasons. 
And maybe you need to look at that in your life. Who did you choose? We don't necessarily choose our family in this life, but you might have chosen before you came. I'm very open to that mentality. I really am. You might not be yet, but the more I see around the world and the more that I grow and the realizations I come to, I think, yeah, you know, I think maybe I did choose this. Maybe these were the people that needed to teach me these lessons because no one else was going to teach me them. I can look around my life and going, no one else challenges me like this or hurts me or does these things that cause me to keep growing and moving forward. So it's like, oh, all right. Because that's the point of life is to grow and become. Just grow and become. Just accept that. That's it. That will open up so many avenues. Plus, it will attract things to you. I attract the most amazing people to me. It is never ceases to amaze me, actually, some days, what I attract in my life. The cool thing is being aware of it and being grateful for it. And that's a tough thing to do if you're very closed down. So let's slow down and let's open up. I will keep you updated on my pain. I see the doctor by the next time I podcast next week uh, and, and see what's going on because I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I kind of hurt all the time. So let's see where we can go with this. But that also means me doing all the things that I can do to be the best that I can be, to have really good high-functioning habits. And that is what I wish for all of you, to have high-functioning habits no matter what you are dealing with in your life, no matter what stage you are in your life, habits change, our needs change. But if we want to become and to continue to grow, and I don't know what that grows into. I, I really don't. But I believe in life after death. Our spirit, even the Bible says that our soul does not die. So if our soul doesn't die, I had this conversation with my mom the other day. Sorry, I'm just, I am closing this down. Uh, is like, well, if our soul is eternal, is 80 years in a physical body really all there is? Come on, mom, logical. And she goes, hmm, okay, good point. But she was raised with that black and white biblical teaching that this is it. You're on earth one time. You either accept Jesus Christ or you don't, or you're going to hell. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not working for me so much anymore. I believe that this is a journey. I believe a lot of times hell on earth is something that we create for ourselves and that the same thing can happen in the other direction. We create our own paradise. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com. You can also join the discussion on Twitter at livingwellwithshell and Instagram at www.instagram.com slash livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan. <laughs>